0: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity.
1: Good morning, this is Get Your Kids Back Now. This show is dedicated to keeping families together and to fighting the tyranny of CPS and DCFS social workers. A secondary purpose of the show is to educate parents and relatives or to at least show them where to get the necessary information for their fight. The final purpose of the show is to remind the people that change can be effectuated at the ballot box at the state and federal levels. Let us unite, vote, and elect those who will make the necessary changes. Good morning. I'm going to take calls this morning right away. Um, We have a special guest that's calling in at 8.30. So the first call that I'm taking is from area code 760, ending in 1-2. Good morning. You're on with attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask?
2: Um, I had a story to tell. Go ahead. Um, I actually have a case with um, CPS, I guess you would say, and I have dealt with nine years of heartache and pain, and... um, I finally got the help I needed yesterday. I don't think without this gentleman that I would have ever gotten her back without this information that he told me about yesterday. Um, I have jumped through every hoop possible. I've done everything that they have ever asked of me to get my daughter back. Um, still at the end, I still never got her and I still haven't seen her for nine years. So yesterday was finally the light at the end of this dark tunnel and now I'll be able to start the process of getting her back so that's a little bit of my story
1: okay did did CPS take your child away from you?
2: Yes, they did.
1: Do you want to share a little bit about that?
2: Um, Yes. um, I was dealing with someone who was not good for me at the time, and um, she was taking away from me for smoking marijuana. And because of that, I had to deal with, things that you couldn't even imagine um, going through as a parent.
1: Why hadn't you seen your child in nine years, though?
2: In nine years, I I did attempt, and I attempted for a long time to see her. Um, it wasn't really my fault, I did what I had to do and I tried what I could to see her. It's just really difficult when the t- child isn't in your custody anymore. Um, you have no control over the situation. So the only thing you could do is try your hardest to see her or, or your child, you know. Um, so I tried and I tried, but I keep getting excuses and excuses and um, nothing ever came through of it.
1: Well, I'm glad no one you're back on helped. the road, and and I'm glad that you uh, see the light at the end of the tunnel.
2: Yes. It's been a very dark tunnel. Well,
1: well thank you for calling in and sharing. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, the next call that we're going to take is from area code three one seven, ending in one seven. Good morning. Hello. You're on with attorney Vince Davis. Good morning.
3: How you How you doing, Mr. Davis? My name is Jackie Wilson Lee. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky.
1: Louisville, Kentucky. How's the weather out there today? Yes,
3: sir. Uh, it's a little rainy, you know. Um, it's a little rainy. Um, the reason why I'm calling Ian, first off, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I do. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I have a story to tell about CPS, me and my wife. She's on the line too. Her name is va Lee. Lee. Um, what we got is a situation of a child, juvenile child of ours at 16 years old and is dealing with mm-hmm. um, homosexual issues. And what they're mm-hmm. doing, they're trying to make us use us for lbgt rights and homosexual rights which the child was fabricated a lie that i discipline her i never disciplined my child uh we have we have daughters and sons in the house and i deal with the sons my wife deal with the daughters and what the total fabrication was on january this past january the 10th i'm a veteran of the united states marine corps and I've been having sleep issues for years, and they finally diagnosed it as I have a severe case of sleep apnea. So I went, I was scheduled and went to the VA at 6:30 on the 10th at 10th, 6:30 in the afternoon. Um, the next morning, the child ran and made a call that I abused her. Now, remind you, sleep apnea, you you there all night. They hook you up to a machine. They do a lot of tests. I never seen my child for two days. And the child said that I beat her with a belt. DSA, I mean CPS, Tuck they uh they, they coming at me pretty strong. They they want me because the child is not my biological child. And in the state of Kentucky, they have some real derogatory laws, statutes they made towards stepfathers. And they're using this stepfather a lot in the affidavit and they coming at me for abuse and they are trying to get my wife and saying that she's negligence cause she can't control me on my abuse, so alleged abuse. So what, what this whole story comes down to is, you know, once I did my research after this went down, you know, the state of Kentucky is the number one adoption through CPS. In the nation and you look at the size of Kentucky compared to California that tell you how bad they're snatching kids he here
1: mm-hmm.
3: so uh we went to court we went to court um on the 31st first court appearance was on the 24th it was continued it was doing the th temporary uh, hearing and um they they continue it to the to the the first court appearance was on the uh, January 24th. The second court appearance was this past Wednesday on the 31st. On the 31st, this judge did something that I never seen a judge do. Remind you, I'm a I'm a Marine, and I have did duty with generals and been in court martials and everything. I have never seen a judge tell a child that you can be gay, you can do what you want. Your parents can't say nothing to you. They better not say nothing to you. Told me to shut up. Told me if I even speak, she was going to put me in jail for six months.
1: It's uh, quite unusual. Did you have an attorney?
4: Our attorney did not do anything
1: didn't say anything? Hello? Yeah. I apologize. I think we lost them. A little technical difficulty. Yeah, the board is indicating that color had dropped off. I hope they call back and finish that story with us. Uh, the next call I'm going to take is from area code 562, Indian 17. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, this-
5: uh, sort of combination of both. Uh, all right. Um, first, I wanted to say you know uh, that all these stories that we hear and all these emotions, everything are really overwhelming. You know, it's it's hard out there when you when you have a family that is a loving family, a caring family, and that uh, because of your economic um windfall you you lose your money of course the way to providing income and so forth that the the whole house of cards kind of collapse on you and a lot of things does happen and so my stories you know it's going on three years now since my family's broken apart we used to have our kids that were very loving caring kids and so forth and um i'm very fortunate to have a job at working for a half a century and uh, um, always been a very good provider and unfortunately when the, because no fault of my own, the economics go through, um, social services and uh, the um, neighborhood where you live kind of converged down on you, meaning that um, when you have to give up all the things you used to have, like the gardener and the paint the house and stuff. And so things don't look all that good. And you have the CCRs to deal with it. People start to make up stories mixing you Social services is on a witch hunt. And so, to make long story short, right away, of course, I did the, the dumbest thing for all you listeners out there do not let them in your house without search warrant, without your lawyer present, you need an attorney. I hate to say it, and I'm not trying to be redundant, but 99% of the stories I hear on your radio show for the past couple years have been been horrified, and it's only because people's rights are being violated and they're not doing the right things, because they take advantage of the situation. Instead of you think of an agency like social services an agency supposed to help your family, restore or help you in the economic situation or if by chance you know i'm one of the people i didn't have drug issues i didn't have gang issues i didn't have uh, physical abuse and then yes we had domestic violence because my wife and i would shout and shout and shout it was about the about the income situation and everything so um you know when when you lose that and it's hard for people to understand and you're always a provider um, you know, I got kind of withdrawn about a lot of things, got discouraged. But at the same time, we're going through the whole, my mom and dad are dying. My dog's died. And it's like you lose your house and everything. And so I'm going through the gamut. And so now, after completing everything I've been asked for and settling for everything, it just doesn't seem to be getting any better. It's to the point where my wife and I, were trying to do something for Valentine's Day. But we're just so distant from each other. I'm paid for two separate homes. I am I am um, doing everything I can, but I'm just using up anything I have. My resources uh, is, is pretty much being gone up again, and, and I'm, I'm getting worried, because we don't, I mean, right now, in order to, we have one boy back, and we got him back. He's 18 years old, and he says, enough of enough. This is stupid, and he just told the social service to go take a hike. And uh, because CPS, they are bad. They are so bad. I saw a social worker yesterday come in right during our dinner with my other son visiting with my wife, who doesn't have to bring my son to see me visitating with them. But um, we're eating dinner, and she interrupts his dinner, goes out there, and says, "Hey, John, how's it going? Um, you know, are you are you are you happy? Are you what's he doing to you? It just digs into him, and he just says he's getting tired of it. He's getting tired of it because. They propagate issues. They take something and they blow it out of proportion. That's their you know, it's not it's very vindictive, and yes, it is vindictive because you know, I am a college educated, a well-to-do man, and I know if there's a problem, I know how to resolve it, I know how to write and uh, can write really good, but they don't like the idea of anybody fighting them back. And so with my attorney, you know, we've 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 gotten my son home with, with my wife, but it's hard. Now, with Boy Scouts. I can't. I got registered again with Boy Scouts. I can't go because I can't be with them. And and you know um, you know uh, it's just it's just it's just hard. I mean they've done a double restraining order, and it's just ridiculous. You know um, I stay away, and then she wants to make more trouble. She's just, oh, goody 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 goody. I can go ahead and lie, and she lies, and she's costing me money. It's like ten fifteen thousand dollars for her lie just as there and alleged that I violated a restraining order. And we just go dragging on the courts. So the prosecution doesn't know what they're doing. It's just a whole bunch of just in the windows of the lies. I'm just with hands tied to my back. And her daughter now can give drugs. And they did it illegally. They gave her administrator drugs. They're trying to dope her up and keep her dopey. It's like, you know, we, we stopped her being <laughs> being adopted. And now she's with some other crazy family. It's like trying to get my son's health records. They won't give it to me because it's see the foster parents on there. But son I was sick for a whole week. I had to go out and spend money on my pocket to take it to the doctor because geez, he used to give a medical card. Her answer was yesterday, well, Mr. Pace, we're getting a replacement. I said, I need it now. It's just stupid. It's been two months. You haven't turned over any medical records. You haven't turned over shot records. You haven't turned over your done. I don't know who the doctor is or anything. And so it's just, it's just, it just drives me nuts. And my wife and I are just crying all the time. We're just. We're just very emotional, distraught. We're just, you know, <laughs> I, I I, just, I'm beside myself. And so, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know when it's going to end. I know we have a thing coming up on the 27th of this month. It's a hearing for 60 days, but now they're slapping the around. My wife says the stuff's active, but it doesn't make sense. It's already been addressed. It's already been handled. The wraparound people don't know what to do. They're sitting there stupid because the social workers trying to pump them. Trying to make something out of something instead of trying to build a family up, they've destroyed the family. They destroyed five individuals that loved, and respected. But kids don't do discipline. Them. I mean, they don't. They have no manners. They don't know how to hang up. They don't know how to say yes sir, no sir. They don't know about thank you. They don't know about cards. They were told by social service hands down no emotions. To you when you see your parents, it's like it's it is like I think. I feel like how it was during lots of encampments in World War II. You read about it, you a the story, and then when you live it, you think, why am I in a concentration camp with idiotic people? With people that are just so weird. It's just, there's no human sense in these individuals. And so I, I, what I'm asking is that, I you know, we, we have a daughter. We try to keep distant, don't say anything, don't walk the boat. We're supposed to get her back by the summer, but I don't know, and I'm just worried finances, because I have spent over $300,000 trying to bring my family back together. That's a good down payment on a new home. I lost my $2 my million home. I lost so much. And it's like, you know, and then you sit there and say, how do I get work and stuff. I'm interrupted every day. there's it's like, it's a lot of work to drive two separate cars, to drive two kids separately. You know, it's like we spend so much time every day. People ask me, what are you doing? I said, take a look at my log. It is filled. It's filled to the. If I had a job, I would have lost it so many times. So it's kind of like, it's Howard. How can you get a job? You know, when you just, you just, you, you have to have people understand. I need time off for of court. I need time to pick up my son. I need time to drop off my son. I need time to go to the doctor for him. I, it's it's, like it's it's, it's just, I'm just emotionally distraught, Vincent. And I just, I just want to see some hope down the road that, that, Something's going to happen, okay? All right. Just well, whatever you, you can do. Thank you, Vincent. I'm sorry.
1: Well, thank you very much for your call. I appreciate it. That was an emotional call. I see we have uh, Kentucky back on the phone.
3: Yes, yeah, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. I apologize for that. I was having phone difficulties. My wife's back with. Her. I want to let my wife talk real quick. Hello, sir.
1: Yes.
4: I ha- Hello, I'm Miss Lee. Um, I guess the situation that we're going through with the she, the 16 year old, she's my biological daughter, and there, there was a. A lot of unethical things going on, whereas she has ran away from the home. She's back in my care, and she had ran away from home during this CPS process. And another incident that occurred is that the CPS worker knew where she was at, and no one informed me that she was there, and there was never no court order or anything. I found out from my oldest daughter where she was at, and I called for police escort. And um, that was the only way that I got my child back. There was no court order. I I personally know the individual. It's an in-law of mine. And um, that was one of the incidents that took took in place that was unethical. And also, incident where they wanted me to give verbal consent of keeping my husband away from the children Um, and if i did not so they was going to try to take away our our youngest child from care and we we're just trying to look into legal matters of how to address this we we're going to get a motion to dismiss and also submit our objections to the court because our attorney did not do anything. There's nothing on file that he even submitted our objections to them. And everything is based up on lies and the social worker knew that there was lies involved. And we have proof that um, the hearsay incident had never taken place. And the last court date was the 31st of last month, which we we got to go back again. Um, the social worker asked my daughter, are you sure that your dates are current? And she changed the date to another date. And um, we was out of town. And my daughter was seeing her locally while me and, me and our boys and my husband left town. So that's another live submission. They are trying to amend the case, do an amendment of the case, or to change it to verbal abuse. Now, since the physical is not going through, it's all based upon lies. And we're just wondering what are what are our next steps? Of course, we're getting rid of our attorney, um, but what are the steps that we can? go about
1: have you um, decided or been able to talk to a private attorney about what you can do Uh, we have
4: spoken we have spoken to one who we did like but he does not he can't do it um, in our county on that date because he has other obligations for that Wednesday on Wednesday and it's just hard for us to find Someone who want to do right, even when we was in a courtroom, the judge. uh, We're Muslim. We are both my husband and we are Muslims, and we don't believe in homosexuality. But as my husband mentioned earlier, they are making this into a gay rights issue. Our we understand our daughter is gay. We we got that, but our rules is that. If you choose this life, you are to wait until you are, you are 18 and you can live whatever decision that you would like to live. The judge just pretty much gave her permission to do whatever she wants to do. And my hands are tied. And things that I want to do discipline. And I cannot have my child running wild. I have two other people in my home. And it's like there's there's no help nowhere. And so and we, we just have to uh, find out about court. you on the Internet.
1: Mm. When is your next court hearing?
4: It's going to be on this coming Wednesday, but we're working on our motion to dismiss um, up to the circuit court. We're working on our motion right now to submit that. Ourselves on Monday. Hurry up and get rid of the attorney. We're just going to um, submit ourselves and just pray that, hey, this can be heard and we can work on the next phase.
1: Okay. Well, I would recommend that you speak to um, a couple of attorneys, try to get assistance, mm-hmm. try to talk to your court appointed attorney. Um, because what you may be submitting may not help you. It may help you, I don't know, but it may not help you. And you don't want to do anything that's going to hurt your case. hmm Okay.
4: Okay. So speaking to a court-appointed attorney?
1: Well, in Kentucky, do they give you court-appointed attorneys?
4: If if you ask for a court-appointed attorney,
1: have you asked for one?
4: No, because we had our own attorney.
1: Oh, I see. Okay, so your attorney, the attorney that didn't do anything, was was an attorney that you hired?
3: Yes. Yeah, it was a private attorney that we hired,
1: and he or she didn't do anything.
3: No. Zero. We have had nothing presented on our behalf. He said, sit there. The judge berated us, uh, talked about our religion, told us, you people, you people better get a, better learn how to get along with us. We are, uh, you people better get, get with the program. And when I questioned her, I said, what you talking about, you people? What culture difference are you talking about? She went on and on, just separating us and told me to shut up.
1: You know, I would consider, you know, if you were in California, I would consider making a complaint against that judge. Um, oh, that's common, sir. Of that's commission. common. Yes, yeah, yeah, we would were going right to do that. Because, it's, because it sounds like you might need another judge on your case. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, so, mm-hmm. that's what we're looking for. The attorney. Let me recommend this to you. The attorney that you hired uh tell that attorney you need to have a meeting so that you can discuss what's going on in this case and so that they can give you some good advice about how to do this case under Kentucky law. Would you do that for me?
3: We already had that meeting
1: with him. Mhm, oh, we had
3: already that? had that meeting with okay. him. yes, we we had mr. Davis. Okay. he just he just I look at it this way um this judge has been rumored to be out of control for the four years she's been on bench and it's been a known fact that she don't follow the law she don't care about the law she has a a campaign and a closeness with the fairness program which is the lbgt program and she's been trying to make us go over there and participate with them So it's a lot of mm-hmm. things. Like I said, this judge is on YouTube with some ethical charges against her on YouTube. I mean, if you go on YouTube, you know that. who she is.
1: So. so talk to your attorney about about making an official uh, complaint with her with the state of Kentucky. If you guys have a judicial commission there, we do. Because what you're telling me, what you're telling me, if true, is highly inappropriate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, folks, I want to so thank just you make you the complaint with
4: the judicial.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. I want to okay. thank you for calling okay. in from Kentucky, and I hope you listen to us every week, and maybe you can call in next week and give us an update on what's happening.
3: We plan on it, sir. We, uh, we appreciate you having us on your radio show. Thank you, Mr. Davis.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: A uh-huh.
1: call from Kentucky was very interesting. Um, if what they're saying is true, uh, there may be some actual bias or discrimination uh, by the judge in, in their case. Mm, troubling. Good morning. You're on with attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask?
0: Yes, I have a story to tell. Good morning.
1: Go right ahead. Good morning. Go ahead. Go ahead with your story.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I'm sorry about that. I reside in the Antelope Valley area. I have a business in Lancaster, California. And my story is that the agency that I'm with, that I founded 12 years ago, provide support services to families who have open cases with the Department of Children and Family Services. Our agency advocates a lot for the families because of the injustices that we see going on with the families. However, for the last year and a half, Department of Children and Family Services has been blackballing the agency. And what I mean by that is they're telling clients that have already enrolled into the program that they need to disenroll and go to another program. It's all over the community that uh, the organization I work for is not uh, authorized to provide services. DCFS has went to the courts and told the courts that the agency did not have the personnel required to provide the services. So pretty much what they're doing is trying to shut us down because we're helping families in the community. For instance, uh, a child was taken from the mob. First of all, the child was stripped down to her underwear in the front of her home with the police there to see if the child was actually abused. The child was yelling and screaming. The child, uh, what, what it came down to is that there was no founded abuse. However, the DCFS system wanted the parents to split up and the baby to go to foster care. And they managed to do that, put the baby in foster care. And there's something called a child family team meeting that they recently implemented in this area. Prior to that, it was called team decision-making meetings. And these meetings are for the family to be able to tell their story, to open dialogue with the social worker and themselves, and they can give the social worker a clearer picture of what happened and what their issues are, to deem what they need to do because sometimes they just go in and take these kids and the parents are lost as to where they need to go so we do help them with that as well so at any rate uh i escorted this family to court uh i was their advocate we called for a child family team meeting with our licensed therapist and myself and the dcfs uh personnel social worker and a supervisor after that team decision making meeting We received an email, or the CFT is what they now call it, we received an email, the agency did, stating that our therapist was in a relationship with this client and that they had went to high school together, and this went in a court report. And they also stated that the therapist was not licensed and qualified to provide the services, and they make the family go somewhere else, and of course, the family went because they're doing what they have to do to get their child back, and they still don't have their child back two years later. And um, we received an email, and actually, uh, the social worker told the judge this as well. And so, I mean, it's just a nightmare, not only for the families, but for agencies as well. It's like some agencies. Uh, if you don't do what they what DCFS wants you to do, then they will try and destroy your business, your credibility, your integrity, um, and, and do whatever they can to keep these children in the system and these families apart. And it's just sickening how it's happening. And it's like, no, everybody's afraid to stand up for some reason. Well, I understand the families have a fear, a fear of retaliation in this last year we've had so many families who have came through our program did everything dcfs asked them to do and i had a client just show up last week and i just knew he was reunited with his family he told me at his last court date they told him to go get therapy from another agency that they recommended because check oh because sorry about that because we weren't qualified to provide the services and he said He's really upset about it, but he has to do what he has to do to get his daughter out of the system. Now, we wrote a letter to the Board of Supervisors about this issue. I talked to the regional administrator at the DCF office where all this is coming from. They even, and I know I'm jumping around a bit, but this is just really, really unbelievable. So DCFS, the office, the social workers even had the nerve to say that our agency was stealing money from DCFS now how can we steal money we don't even have a contract with DCFS most of our clients are served uh, by little or no fees because they can't afford it and so we have the lowest fee in the Antelope Valley area, and we allow the clients come to do everything they need to do at our agency for maybe you know a little bit of nothing. Let's just say twenty or twenty five dollars a week, and so it's it's just. I mean, we're just like, how can they get away with this? How can they do this? Because they recruited. We have been advocating for clients, but DCFS came to us over a year ago, and they said there's an overwhelming number of African-American families in the DCFS system, and we want to reduce that number, so we are recruiting something called cultural brokers. These are African-American professionals in the community that know the laws of DCFS, and can help articulate for the families, bridge the lines of communication, and, and and maybe close some cases instead of open some cases that shouldn't have been opened in the first place. Well, we were already advocating for the clients, myself and my uh, psychologist. And so we said, okay, we'll take on this role. So we went to fingerprinting, we got trained, we became cultural brokers, and then the nightmare really started. So now it's like we have to, Every week we have to tell somebody, yes, ma'am, we are qualified to provide services. You have the right to go wherever you want to go as long as it's affordable to you and you're doing what they ask you to do. And it's it's just unbelievable. It's crazy.
1: How long has this been going on?
0: This has been going on now since, I would say, since 2015. And I have emails from DCFS stating refund the client their thirty dollars because they're not coming to your agency. I, uh, you're not qualified to provide services. Um, give uh, the clients not coming there. Uh, we heard you were banned from providing services. Uh, It's been going on for a a, a while now, but it's it's really gotten bad this last year. And I had the regional administrator at DCFS. I finally met with her. She refused to meet with me until I wrote a letter to the Board of Supervisors and filed a complaint. And so she decided to meet with me, and she sent me a letter stating that we met The agency met all the qualifications to provide services. First of all, she tried to flip it around and say, oh, well, you need to be DMH approved. And I'm like, ma'am, we're not mental health. We provide support services to clients. We have therapists and a psychologist there. And we don't need to be certified by the Department of Mental Health to do services. Nobody else in the community is certified. So then she goes on. To say, well, you have an addiction counselor there. Uh, what does that have to do with parenting? Oh my goodness, come on! It's like addiction affects the entire uh, component of the family, right? It affects parenting. It affects finances. It affects relationships, communication, housing, employment, etc. So, I've been doing this for 27 years. So the bottom line result was that the lady gave me a letter stating that we met the requirements, we were not banned from providing services. Oh, and they took us off the community resource list, and I demanded that they put us back on that list that we had been on for the past 12 years. And so she wrote in her letter, well, it's not important that you're in the community resource list. And you know what, if all these other agencies that are doing what." what DCFS tells them to do and don't have a problem splitting up families and, and destroying children's lives, because we know the highest rate of child abuse is within the DCFS foster care system. If they don't have a problem with that and they want to sell out, that's fine. But we're not going to sell out and be a part of this this devastating, unethical, immoral behavior. So. Anyway, she, the, the regional administrator provided us with a letter, and the letter says that we're not banned, and we really don't have to be on the list, and uh, clients can come to us as long as we continue to meet the requirements. But I asked her, will you please distribute that letter throughout the Department of Children and Family Services? Because you guys started a rumor that was not true. You slandered the agency. You messed with our integrity, our income. Our ability to provide services, you're telling the clients they can't come. This needs to be rectified. And the woman didn't do that. So we have clients again, as of as recent as last week, tell us, oh, I can't go there because my social worker said it's not approved to go somewhere else. And so again, if you don't do what they tell you to do as a business, they will blackball you. I know a lady who, who, who opened up a business long after me and she does what dcfs tells her to do and so therefore they have her doing urine testing over there and the complaints are so i mean i don't know what kind of business they do all i know is the kind of business that we do and the complaints are horrendous from that particular agency and other agencies where people are not licensed and not I would say not qualified to provide the services. They just pop up and say, "Oh, we do this and do that," and and you know they they get referrals. But I mean, we've had to show our licenses, our education, uh, our curriculum. I mean, they put us through this horrendous. Process And and let me tell you this, the regional administrator said, oh, this is a vetting process that we're now implementing. And I said, well, are you, you know, if you're vetting us, then does that mean you're considering us for a contract? Because I didn't know that you guys went around vetting agencies. And another thing, two social workers popped up at my agency and demanded the curriculum. So I told the young ladies who were no more than 25 years old, just got hired, have no clue about life or, or you know, the importance of family, etc. cetera, or the, how they're devastating these families. They demanded my curriculum, and I told them, no, if they want to see it, have administration call me. And her words to me were, why are they doing this to you? Why are they mad at you? And I said, oh, my goodness. Wow. So it's been going on for quite a while now. Uh, Myself and our clients feel like something needs to be done about it, and we don't know where to go.
1: Well, I think you probably have found the right place when you called me. Um, You probably have a significant lawsuit against the Department of Children and Family Services and the County of Los Angeles. Um, What you're telling me is something that I've always suspected, um, but never could prove until now talking to you. And what I suspected Mm -hmm. was is that the social workers control the vendors who provide family reunification services and family maintenance services, and they control them with money Um, Mm -hmm. Either they're going to make sure you get the business from the clients or from the parents, or they're going to shut you down. And they're going to shut you down if you don't comply with what they want with respect to the case plans.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we've been seeing.
1: Would you be willing to speak, I know someone who, who does articles and exposés for the Los Angeles Times about uh, the Department of Children and Family Services. Do you think you might be interested in being interviewed by them?
0: Most definitely. Absolutely, I would.
1: Okay, I'm going to try to set that up for you within the next week. Also, um, I'd like to send you some paperwork, because um, I'd like to explore and investigate this a little bit further. I think mm-hmm. I have your information already, okay. You know, all of the, you know, you mentioned several people that, and parents that have told you that workers have told them that your facility is not uh, approved. Do you know their names or contact information?
0: Yes, I have their names, and unfortunately, this population moves around a lot. Um, Some of them are stable, some of them are not. So I do have their names, and I do have phone numbers. And if the phone numbers are no longer working, I'll do my best to find uh, phone numbers. But, yes, I have all the names, all the files, all the phone numbers.
1: Okay, very good. Um, I would consider this a very significant topic for uh, about DCFS corruption. Mm-hmm. Look into mm-hmm. it more with you. And if we have to um, try to expose it and seek remedies, probably in the federal United States District Court in Los Angeles. How does that sound?
0: That sounds wonderful to me. I've been calling around uh, trying to find out who to talk to, how do I uh, get this taken care of, what can I do about it, and it sounds like you're the man I should be speaking to.
1: Well, thank you very much for calling, and I'll be in contact with you in the next couple of days.
0: Okay, and thank you for taking my call. Have a good day.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to take another call, area code 562, ending in 55. Hello. Good morning. You're on with Attorney Vince Davis. Did you have a story to tell or a question to ask?
6: Um, I have a question. Um, I'm involved with child services due to... Call has dropped off
1: maybe she'll try to call back. Part of the program is devoted to giving information and trying to make changes within the judicial system and in the legislative, the laws that govern uh, child protective services. And I have mentioned in the past that I hope everyone that is listening is registered to vote and that they are going to pay attention to the judicial elections in California judges are appointed by the governor but they have to withstand a re-election process which i believe is every 6 years and if they're not appointed by the governor they have to win election win an election for a judicial seat so they are going to have to um, get the approval of the electorate and that is you so if you have if you have a issue with a particular judge you should be communicating with like-minded people within your um, county so that you guys can vote in or vote out people that you believe um, you know either should or should not be on the bench hearing juvenile dependency cases i am aware that in san francisco county there has been a movement Uh, a grassroots movement to get judges uh, off the bench and they have had some modicum of success. Um, I I believe that they have uh, forced one or two juvenile judges who have been sitting in those positions for a very long time uh, into retirement because of protests about what they have done or haven't done in juvenile dependency cases. Um, I don't say that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying that you see what can happen with the power of the vote and what can happen with people that organize. Okay, I see that the call that just dropped, call back in. So we're going to take the call from area code 562, ending in 04. Hi, sorry, my phone dropped. Uh,
6: Good morning.
1: So did you have a question to ask or a story to tell?
6: Uh, I needed, a, I needed a, a question. I had questions. question. Um, I got involved with child services. Um, they were called by the hospital that my son was admitted into. Um, they weren't able, he got admitted because he wasn't um, gaining weight, and they're now saying that I'm medically neglecting my child. Um, we now have a okay. court date on Thursday, and I'm just scared because, um i they i didn't know about my rights and i didn't know that like my fourth amendment was violated and stuff like that um my only like i'm only scared just simply because me and my boyfriend both tested positive on marijuana but i let her know that we both have our medical card Um she says she was fine with that she just needed proof and um she told me that um pretty much that we're going to get randomly drug tested, which we're fine with. But my only, like, question is, like, I don't know, like, what would I be expecting for, like, Thursday when we go to court?
1: Okay, Thursday is going to be what's called the detention hearing. And several things happen at that that hearing. Uh, the most important thing that happens is the judge is going to decide Based upon evidence presented by the social worker and your attorneys, whether the child should be continued to be detained out of your custody. Now, based upon what you've told me, um, I'm not sure that the child should be detained out of your custody. Um, first of all, marijuana is now legal in California. And if it's been legal if you have a, uh, you know, a card, you know, a prescription for it. So testing positive for marijuana is not uh, something that people should be concerned about um, just because you test positive the criteria is are you using marijuana to an excess that prevents you from adequately taking care of the child testing positive doesn't mean that you're not adequately taking care of the child so what was the what was the real reason the social worker, took the child away from you. Was the child injured?
6: Uh, no. Um, the, the child is still, he's still with me. I'm, we're just scared that he. they're, they're going to try to take him away from us. Um, we were told that we were uh, medically neglecting our son by not taking him to his follow-up appointment from the hospital. But my thing was that when he was admitted into the hospital, we um, did everything that they asked us to. They did all these tests, and um, they weren't able to give me a for-sure answer of why he wasn't gaining weight. So we decided to go with another doctor to get another opinion, and that's when they uh, called Child Services on us simply because we didn't go back to their follow-up appointment. Um, I wanted to get um, another opinion as to why he wasn't gaining weight, and um, that hospital that he was in, um, they – weren't weighing him properly, I asked the nurses he was there for waking, and they weren't doing their jobs they one of the nurses said that she came in in the middle of the night and took his weight, and I was awake the whole night and she she did not come in at all and the next morning, um they were like oh he he gained weight, and I'm like, what are you talking about? They never came in to weigh him um they I kept asking for him to get weight and they never they never came in, so now it's just my word against theirs. And I just feel like um, they're going to try to use that against me.
1: Well, I don't think that they will be able to. Who was the, the, the deal or who was the doctor you were dealing with before and where did you take him for the second opinion?
6: Um, he, His doctor before um, was at Memorial. Her name was Dr. gordesi at the children's clinic. Uh, Now he's seeing um, a a nurse practitioner uh, by the name of Kelsey Chung. Um, She is currently, seeing. She it's a holistic doctor, um, but I didn't know that that could have been an issue with child services considering the fact that they're holistic because she asked me, um, while I was being interviewed, she asked me what my opinions were on vaccinations and I told her um, that I, I just thought it was odd that she asked me that. Um, I told her that I'm all for it. But considering the fact that my son is, he got diagnosed with an aller, like an allergy um, that he's going to be taking his vaccinations one day at a time, like one uh, visit at a time. And um, I was asking different lawyers and they were telling me that, um, that it's not illegal to not vaccinate. So they can't use that against me, but I, I'm just, I, I I don't know, like, if that's true or not.
1: Oh, well, that is true, as long as it's not, you know, it doesn't sound like your child is having a problem because of vaccinations. So yeah. they can't use that against you, okay? Whether it's holistic yeah. or not holistic, whether you choose to do it. You do have that right in America. It sounds like they're trying to pin you what's called a failure to thrive case, but they have, to, they have to prove it. And if your child is doing okay with the new doctor, um, that's not something that they can prove. They may be wanting to start a case, what they call a non-detained case, just to make sure they give you services and that they can make money in giving you services. It doesn't sound like to me that, you know, a juvenile case is even necessary. But you know, I, I don't work for the Department of Children and Family Services, and they can file whatever case they want. Doesn't mean that you're going to lose, and doesn't mean that they'll be able to take your child away from you.
6: So, what they she told me when I go on Thursday that I will be assigned an attorney. Would it be smart to hire a private attorney rather than use their attorney? Because I'm just like paranoid that like they'll be working for them and like try to like be in my favor, Um, would it be smart to hire a private attorney?
1: Well, you know, I'm a private attorney and I'm kind of prejudiced towards hiring private attorneys. But let me tell you something. There are some very good court-appointed attorneys. There are some very bad court-appointed attorneys. Just like there are very good private attorneys and there are not so good private attorneys. So it really depends on who you get. What courtroom you're in, or who you hire as a private attorney? Um, so I'm not here to tell you that all private all court appointed attorneys are bad. It's not true. I know some okay. very good uh, court appointed attorneys now, on the other hand, I do know some court appointed attorneys that are not so good you know so it it it's a personal preference uh, that you should have. Um, If you're going to go the private attorney route, I would suggest that you sit with them and meet with them and determine, you know, a plan of strategy before you go in. And if you don't hire a private attorney, um, you need to sit with your court-appointed attorney and evaluate whether he or she is going to do a good job for you. And, you know, those are just things that are going to happen randomly because you don't know who you're going to be appointed. And, you, and okay, you're not so, able to pick
6: unfortunately okay so going in on thursday i it, i mean from the sounds of it like i they don't have pretty much like proof that i'm medically neglecting my son just because like i'm taking to his taking him to his appointment i'm like still feeding him uh the formula that supposedly he had a milk and soy allergy they said it was a possibility so um, they prescribed him a different formula because I was breastfeeding at the time, um, but I stopped because I saw that he wasn't gaining weight. Um, I've been paying it out of pocket. I don't have receipts to prove to show in court, though. Um, I also have been um, getting different like opinions. I went to the WIC office and we were trying to figure out where exactly. Um, I was telling her like a timeline exactly of what happened because she was trying to help me. Um, we did see that the, while we were um, doing like the weight check and stuff, we did see that the hospital put in like a, like I said, they didn't do it accurately just because the, the height and weight that they, the hospital put was exactly what he weighs, uh, how tall he is now. Cause in the, in the hospital um, he was like, uh, 22 inches, and they put that he was 24, um, and he's now 24, and he's gaining weight. It's not like he's not gaining weight. The wig told me he's now he was at considered at zero percent, but now he's at one percent. She says that's still considered low, but we're we're getting somewhere. And um, I just don't know what else I can do to prove, um, to show to uh, take with me to court because I don't have the receipts that I use to buy, like, his formula and and stuff like that?
1: Well, what I would do is I would work closely with your doctor, and whatever attorney you do decide to use, court-appointed or private, that you have that person work closely with your doctor. Unfortunately a private attorney I mean fortunately a private attorney could contact the doctor before the court date. Unfortunately a court appointed attorney cannot do that because you won't even know who your court appointed attorney is until the day of the hearing. Ma'am, yeah. we're running out of time this morning. I want I want to thank you for calling. Please keep us posted and call us next week and let us know what happened, okay?
6: Okay. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. okay we just have a few. I want to remind everyone to make sure that you're registered to vote that you're going to pay attention to the judicial elections and we'll see you next week on the radio